Amen. Thank you. Maybe seated unless you have a birthday or an anniversary. Lonely soul. Oh, yeah, two birthdays. Okay, let's sing happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's good to be in God's house today. And uh, just a few things here from the bulletin as we get started. Uh, today, uh, we start receiving our Christmas missions offering. If you can have a part in that, it'd be a real blessing to our missionaries. And these are the ones that are sent from our church. We try to be an extra blessing to them here at the holiday times. And then um, we have Cantata coming up uh, on the 10th, next Sunday. Uh, now, next Sunday, we'll start at 2 o'clock. And the reason we're doing that is so that the choir can go get lunch and then they get back and they can warm up and everything else and so uh, it'll be at two o'clock uh, we're going to have a cookie fellowship afterwards and uh, if you can take part in that there's a sign-up sheet in the back uh, there's a music recital uh, coming up on december 14th here to church at seven o'clock we have a lot of our people involved in that and so if you like to hear uh, good recital stuff I encourage you to come and to be here at 7 o'clock that evening. Then we have the Gilson Christmas. And, um, you know, I'm so thankful for a church that loves people. And uh, the Gilsons are special. Uh, and, and it's been a hard year. You know, lost another son. Raising the three grandchildren uh, can be uh, difficult and hard. And uh, so our Gilson, our Gilson Christmas... Um, you can write a personal check if you want or get Walmart gift cards. They have a big Walmart just down the road from them. lets them to buy clothing for the kids throughout the year uh, and items like that that are necessary. And so uh, we'll have a Christmas box out next Sunday, and it'll say Gilson Christmas on it. And you can uh, leave those things, and then we'll present that to them on the 17th. Uh, these gifts are not tax deductible, okay? So we're just giving uh, to be a blessing to members of our church. Patch program on uh, the 17th in the afternoon, and always a highlight. I always love to see the kids' uh, Christmas program, and uh, so I encourage you to plan to be here at 1 for that. And then ladies' Christmas party will take place uh, on the 18th at 7 o'clock at my house, and so ladies come. Look forward, well, actually, this is Met Singers in my house. And uh, <clears throat> encourage you to come, have a great time, uh, as you always do. <coughs> and then Christmas Eve service, uh, been a little bit of confusion about this. We'll have regular Sunday morning, okay? Christmas Eve, Sunday morning, just regular church. And then at 1 o'clock in the afternoon will be the Christmas Eve service, so if you've been coming to the Christmas Eve services that we have, you know it, it spins a little different than regular church, okay? I have a time that I bring the little kids up and read them a story. We have uh, specials and specials and specials. Then we end uh, with a sermon and we light uh, candles and uh, sing. And so it's just a, a different service. So that's not going to happen Sunday morning. We're going to have a regular Sunday morning. At 1 o'clock, we'll have our Christmas Eve service. 
And uh, so you can plan on that, plan to be here. Uh, to me, it's one of the highlight services of the year. I hope it is for you, and I uh, look forward to having you. Uh, it's good to be in the Lord's house today. Brother Foster and Mrs. Foster and Caleb are on vacation, and so Brother Richard's going to be uh, filling in the class here this morning, so Brother Charlie will come. Appreciate Brother Charlie uh, leading the music. He'll lead the song. Brother Richard, you just come. So I'll take your hymn. Let's turn on the hymn of 248. Hymn of 248. Now I belong to Jesus. We'll sing the first and the last. Jesus, my Lord. Everyone else staying in here, if you want to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, and we'll read verses 8 to 18 to get started, and we'll look at several thoughts in here. Luke chapter 2, and verses 8 through 18, I've titled this, Go Tell It on the Mountain. So. Luke chapter 2, verse 8, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in their field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in the manger. And suddenly there is with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds the shepherd said one to another, Let us go, now go, even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying 
and a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which had been told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Let's go to him in prayer. Lord, I do thank you for this time. Lord, I pray you be uh, with me and make clear the message you have for us during the Sunday school hour. pray you be honored and glorified in all that is said and done. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You're the Sunday school crowd and they're all familiar faces. So everyone here is sure very familiar with the song, Go Tell It on the Mountain. And I don't know why I've never really just fully linked that song and this ver- these verses, this passage together before. But while shepherds kept their watching over silent flocks by night, behold, throughout the heavens there shone a holy light. The shepherds feared and trembled when lo, above the earth, rang out the angel chorus that hailed our Savior's birth. Down in a lowly manger, the humble Christ was born, and God sent us salvation that blessed Christmas morn. This chapter in Luke chapter 2 shows us that God brings peace to all those who seek Him. And in the middle of a very difficult time in human history, when, say, taxes were on a rise, as part of the reason that uh, Mary and Joseph were forced to go to Bethlehem as it was. God had laid it all out for them, but taxes were on the rise. Poverty, poverty was widespread, and it, it seemed to many that God was silent. There had not been a prophet for many years declaring God's message to, to let alone His people, but to any people. And so the, it seemed that God is silent. He's written man off, they might have thought, and then at this time He sent His only Son to be the good news and the glad tidings that the world needed. The Lord Jesus was presented in a humble manger in a stable of Bethlehem, and God chose these common working men, a group of shepherds, to proclaim the news of His Son's birth to the world. And we're going to see that here in this passage. We already read Luke chapter 2 there. The first few verses there in verses 8 through 14, we uh, we say maybe we hear the heavenly announcement. The announcement is given there. We first see the shepherds. It's an ordinary night. They're going about business as usual. They're watching the sheep. They're just continuing on. The night has started off as many others had done and many others will do. But this night they will find to be very different. Luke chapter 2 and verse 8, we already read it. The shepherds are there. They're just keeping their watch over the flock by night. They're simply doing, going about their business, doing what they've done over and over again. But then in verse 9, it says, The angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. So now things have drastically changed. It's not at all what is expected, and, and we, we see that. The angels appearing to shepherds is not a common thing at this time. And, and one, the Bible never tells us it's happened, but two, the, the shepherds are sore afraid. This isn't something that's happened to them. Oh, God's sending us a message again. Well, just pay attention. That's, they're terrified, the Bible says. They're, they're sore afraid. They have no idea what's going to happen here, but they're, they're worried for their lives. Uh, they, they don't know what's happening, but maybe God's decided that whatever it is that they've done was just too vile and He's taken them. They, they don't know what's happening. 
And so they're terrified. They're afraid, the Bible says. We see the special message there in verses 13 and 14, and we jump down a little bit there. And suddenly there is with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. We see first the special messengers of the angels, of the angel of the Lord appeared before them, and then that angel, as we see, was joined shortly after with the host. The host here often means an army. So it is a great number. It wasn't just, uh, I love our choir, especially when it's full, but it wasn't just our choir. It wasn't like they just filled up this space here. It's a host. There's an army. When, when you picture an army, you don't just count one, two, three, four. Like you could count across these rows. You have to section off and just kind of estimate how many. You, they have, there's, there's no number here given, but it is an army, a host of angels. I imagine in my mind, pretty much just innumerable. The shepherds had no idea how many angels there were, but there was a host. And this host didn't come as a conquering army ready to destroy mankind for their sin, but they came to bring message to uh, glad tidings of great joy, the Bible says. We'll get to that here. Verses uh, 10 and 2, backing up the, the special message. The angel said unto them, Fear not. We've already seen that these men are sorely afraid, they're terrified of their lives. But the angel tells him, Fear not, for behold, I bring you glad tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. What is these tidings? Verse 11, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ, <coughs> excuse me, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, ye shall find the babe wrapped in swallowing clothes, lying in a manger. It was a message of assurance. As the first, first he tells them, Fear not. The, they didn't come as the, the host, the conquering army, but as the host declaring God's goodness towards mankind. And so the, is a message of assurance. Fear not. Do not be afraid. As we already said, the Bible says that the shepherds were so afraid they were terrified that they had no idea what was happening. But with these two words, the angel of the Lord sought to bring assurance to them. There's no reason to be terrified. Right? We can plainly see you're afraid of us. We can plainly see you're, you're frightened. You don't know what's going to happen, but don't worry. Fear not. The message of assurance because of the coming Messiah is a message of acceptance. We see in verse 10, Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. The good news proclaimed by the angels, we know, is for everyone. Right? It's not just, it wasn't just for the shepherds. It wasn't just for the children of Israel. It was, he said, it shall be, it's not only is it good tidings, not only will it bring you great joy, but it is for all people. It's a message of acceptance of all God and His love accepts all who come to the Lord Jesus Christ in faith. You know, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, why, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. People who are saved and rejoice in the fact that salvation wasn't just for the select few. 
It wasn't just for the shepherds that first heard the announcement. It wasn't just even for Mary and Joseph who would raise the Messiah. It wasn't just for the children of Israel, but it was for all people. Everyone can experience the forgiveness of sins and the assurance of eternal security. It doesn't matter where we come from or what sins lie in our past. The good news is available to all who simply believe. There was a message also we see of anticipation. Back in verses 13 and 14, suddenly the angel... Sorry, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. The angel's message promised peace to earth. It was a promise, peace because of who the message was about. It was a promise of peace because. The Messiah that these men and their families and their fathers and their fathers' fathers and all the way back had been waiting for this promise, for this coming Messiah, and He has finally come. These men have been anticipating this message for a long time. Never did they imagine ever expect to hear it come in this manner. Never did they expect to be the ones to receive it from the angel of the Lord themselves, but... But they have, but they have been expecting this message for a long time now. So it was anticipated. They were eager, they were excited to receive this news. No doubt there was already peace on that first night in the hearts of Mary and Joseph and the shepherds as they've all come to know finally God has sent the Messiah. Finally he has come. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 7. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Already as a babe, He is bringing peace to earth. Peace to the hearts of man. And we see the heavenly arrival in verses 14 and, oh, sorry, 15 and 16. I can find it again in my Bible. Verse 15 there, And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. After hearing this wonderful news, the shepherds uh, they believe it, I mean, that's, at least that's the way it's written, it's recorded, that they, they know this thing, they didn't say, hey, let's, let's go find out if those guys were telling us the truth. Right? And really, they say, hey, let's go see what's been revealed to us. Right? They just told us He's come, that's great, I want to see it. And so they go to, to see the, the, the babe lying in the manger, they go to see what was told them, they said... You want to see it? They told him where to go. As a found a babe wrapped in swallowing clothes and lying in a manger. They told him what to find, what to expect, and they go and they see this very thing we see as Scripture records for us. But first we see then in these verses, we see the place of his arrival. Bethlehem was the ancestral home of several well-known Bible characters. <coughs> Excuse me. Rachel is 
the beloved wife of Jacob, was buried there. It was the original home of Naomi, the mother-in-law to Ruth, and was the setting for much of the book of Ruth. And perhaps the most important person other than our Savior to come from Bethlehem would have been David. Bethlehem seems like it would have been a fairly well-known, and surely everyone knew of Bethlehem, but it would have seemed like maybe because, uh, especially with David, the most famous king of Israel having come from there, that it would have been maybe a little bit of like a, a tourist idea thing, you know, like everybody wants to be in Bethlehem. But that's not what the Bible records for us in Micah chapter 5 and verse 2. But thou, Bethlehem, Ephratah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of, these, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me. That is to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth have been from of old, from everlasting. We have here in Micah the prophesying of the coming of the Messiah. And now we see the... It fulfilled here in Luke chapter 2. But it seems amazing a little bit that with such a rich history, Bethlehem was still just a common, ordinary town. But the Bible indicates that that was the case. That's what we find here. You see the place of his arrival in a very ordinary place, the, the, and even the, the place of his birth, very ordinary, small, common place. And, Nothing special at all, anything, just the lowest of the low, really. But we see the person who arrived, and although the town was ordinary, and the the stable and the manger were commonplace for the day, ordinary, lowly, we know there was nothing common or ordinary about the person that the shepherds saw lying in a manger. They saw the only begotten Son of God, the Savior of the world, and with society today increasingly emphasizing a multitude of pathways to heaven and and people increasingly pushing tolerance for all others, not for us, but for, for everyone else, tolerance for all ideas and or religions, or whatever lifestyle they choose to live, and tolerance to just, you know... At first, they just let them be, and now it's accept. But what, as they push this more and more, we, we cannot emphasize enough that Jesus Christ is the Son of the one true God. That He was born of a virgin, that He lived a perfectly sinless life, and that He died on, the, on Calvary's tree for our sins. Many celebrations of the Christmas holiday leave out the most important reason for joy in the Christmas season. Right? They, many even take offense at the truths that we would share. They take offense at the truth that Jesus Christ is Emmanuel, God with us. But their feelings make it no less a fact. God with us is what we celebrate. God with us is what Christmas really is about. That in, in the, the, one of the darkest times of history, God sent His Son. Romans chapter 3 and verse 23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every man, woman, and boy, boy and girl on this planet need the Savior. Because we all fall short of His glory and 
because of that, Romans 6, 23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And in 1 John chapter 5, and uh, verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. God has given us a record of His Son. He has provided a way for us to have eternal life, for us to have the peace that was already found in the hearts of Mary, Joseph, and the shepherds on that first night. And then we see the heavenly amazement. As we finish off there in verses uh, 17 and 18 there. When they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And, <coughs> excuse me, and all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. And jump down verse 20. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. We picture the amazement of the shepherds here as we maybe put ourselves in, in, in their place. First, how it must have seemed to see the angels, see the, the messengers of God, not just the single one. They, they were terrified at the one. But then to have a, a multitude of the, the hosts join this one and praise God. The amazement. I look forward to seeing joining in but just to see and hear the angels praising god in heaven they got to catch a glimpse of it here on earth already and and just picture their amazement at this sight and possibly they're they're wondering you they know and we we know of them the shepherds were not high class right they they weren't the noble they they weren't the oh he's a shepherd let's get his opinion on this that wasn't the idea here. These are, these are the lowly. These are the, the common men, the, the working class, the, the, the low end of the working class. So they may wonder, why did, why did he send the angels to tell us? The, the shepherds also didn't find you know, a bunch of other people that God had also told they were the only ones. So why me? And we see God's love, not just for those that would think high of themselves, but He cares for the lowly. His message is for the lowly. Jesus even said as the Pharisees questioned Him and why He was eating with sinners... He said, I came for the sick. I came for the lowly. They, the, the Pharisees need, they were sick, they just didn't realize it. They thought they were whole. They said, they that are whole need not a physician. You don't think you need me. They know they do. And I've come for them. It was a call to the heavenly amazement we see just as God had a bigger purpose for the shepherds that night he 
not placed us here on earth just to just to simply work a job. Just to simply tend the sheep or just to simply build a car or whatever it is that we might do. We're not here just simply to work a job, but he has a purpose and a holy calling for every one of us as he had a call for the shepherds this night. We see then as it is a call to worried men. Again, as we jumping back, we saw the first condition of the shepherds, they were afraid. Doesn't say these were overly courageous men. I imagine there was some courage in them if they're shepherds, they're guarding the sheep and they would protect them from any danger that would come about, but it wasn't just because, you know, it, hey, I'm big, strong, and tough, but I've got a job to do, and so I'll do the job. It wasn't because they were just overly courageous. When the, when the angel of the Lord appeared before them, they were terrified. They were afraid of their lives. They were worried. Many Christians also become gripped by fear at the thought of maybe sharing our faith as probably the quickest way to be ridiculed in the world today, especially in our culture. And you, can, you can go online and everybody's ridiculing everybody for everything, but if you start sharing your faith, everybody jumps on top of that. You'll find very few that are going to come on and try to back you up on those. But we could be afraid, and I'm not even saying that you should or that's the best way. You can use it, and if you do, praise the Lord, but much more terrifying, I think, to have to stand in front of someone and tell them of Christ. Much more worrisome to have that mockery that we see online directed straight at your face. But this call that we've been given to, to share this heavenly amazement is to is to worried people. We are told, fear not. We're told we don't really have a reason to be afraid, but that doesn't negate the fact that many times we are. There's a call to worried men. The good news is that God can use our worry and our weakness if we'll simply let Him. We know in 2 Corinthians chapter. 12 and verses 9 and 10, Paul wrote, He said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, verse 10, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. So it is a call to worried men, but worried and weak men can find their strength in God, and then we can be faithful in this call to share this amazement, to share the message, the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need to not let fear stop us then from sharing the gospel with others. Instead, determine to let God use us even in our weakness, in our times of fear. He will be faithful to strengthen and bless you with sharing the gospel. There's a call to worried men. There's a call to working men. Being a shepherd, as we already said, is not a glorious life. 
calling in those days. The shepherds were the, the lower class citizens. They were poor and dirty men and they had calloused hands and uh, clothes likely smelled like sheep. Probably not the person you want to go and hang around all day. You, want, you don't want to wrap your arm around them. Sheep stink. Yet God chose these men to proclaim to the world that His Son had been born. Some of the greatest preachers of the gospel and some of the most faithful Christians to share the gospel have not been men or women who were born of especially high pedigree or not, maybe didn't have the finest education, but simply were surrendered to God's call in their lives. Simply were surrendered to Him and to allow Him to use them. Those who set themselves apart, that God had set them apart, and they had hearts yielded to God. It's a call to working men, and even as we kind of look at a little bit, maybe it's slightly different than that thought of it, but as a call to working men, not only... Is this a call to all people? But it is a call to those working. It's not just a call to those who are called into it for full time. Right? It's not just a call to our pastor. It's not just a call to staff people or to missionaries. But it is a call to the working class. It is a call to working people. It is a call to all, all Christians. All who have heard of the Messiah. All who have seen him in their lives, that they would share him with others. It is a call to willing men. God will use any humble servant who is surrendered to him. All who are surrendered to him simply just to do whatever it is that he would ask. The willingness of these men is seen in their actions as as soon as they had seen Jesus, I imagine, I, mean, I certainly would, and probably all of us would, and likely, like, you know, they lingered a little bit. They didn't just kind of go, oh, yeah, he's there. I imagine there's some lingering, some ooing and aahing. The Messiah is here, and it's a baby. So two things, just oh, amazing, right? So there's some ooing, there's some aahing, there's there, they're lingering around a little bit, but then finally their joy gets to the better of them maybe, and their excitement over this, this uh, I can't think of anything as circumstance, but this time, their excitement over this has overcome them now. They can't sit here watching anymore. They have to go tell everyone else. We see, we see this in their actions. They had seen Him quickly, then they went to tell others. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 111, verse 2, The works of the Lord are great, sought out of all them that have pleasure therein. The world is full of people that want to be involved in the work of the Lord someday. Right? They're, they're, churches are full of people that want to do something for God someday. Someday, I'll start witnessing. 
Someday I'll give to missions. Someday I'll go. But for most, someday never comes. Someday maybe they say, when I know the Scriptures better, I'll be more confident and comfortable to tell others of the Savior. Someday maybe when they received a financial windfall, they make a commitment to worship God through their tithes and offerings. You know, when I'm, I'm no longer struggling, when, when God's blessed me, I'll give back. Or someday maybe we have, they have more free time. They'll serve Him in some different aspect of ministry. However, as I said, for most, someday never comes. Someday's always forever off. And God will... Not overwhelm us, however, with responsibility if we simply surrender our lives to His will. If He calls us to do something, He will give us the grace to do it, as we saw in 2 Corinthians. But we must first be faithful to do what He's called us to do. His grace is ever ready. His mercy towards us is ever there. But if we're not doing something that requires it, you're really not going to recognize it. It is a call to willing men, and then finally it is a call to witnessing men. When the shepherds realized that they had seen, they couldn't help but tell others about it. We read already in verses 17 and 18 of Luke 2. The Bible says they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. So already, uh, the, I don't know why, but sometimes in my head, maybe because the, the story's been so messed up by the secular world as far as the wise men and all that, but many times I don't think of the rumors or, or the word more accurately, of the Messiah coming, spreading as much until the wise men and then Herod's trying to kill him off. But there's already word being spread here on the first night. They're telling everyone who will listen about what was told them about this child. What was told them about this child? The Messiah's come. Peace has come. To earth. They knew what was being told them about this child. It wasn't just, hey, you want to see a baby in a manger? That wasn't what they were excited about. They knew who he was. They knew what was told of him. And so they told everyone else. They made known abroad everything that was told them. And all they that heard it, so many have heard this thing now, wondered at those things. Maybe some believe, wow, that's awesome. Praise the Lord, he's finally come. And maybe they went and sought him out too. I don't know. Maybe the shepherds didn't stop long enough to tell him where they saw him. And so they're like, okay, great, where? And they're already off telling the next person. I, I don't know how exactly these men went about this task. But they told many people and they wondered at those things. 
Some probably wondered, what were the shepherds drinking? Or how much sleep have they gotten lately? Who knows what all they wondered about these things, but they wondered, they pondered them a little at least. We truly realize what God has done for us through salvation and paying our sin debt and securing for us eternal life in the presence of God, we should not but be able we should not be able to keep silent about it. Right? We, we, we should have the, the eagerness, the excitement of the shepherds on that first night. Hey, He's come. And now we have an even better message than the shepherds did. They, they said, hey, He's come. They didn't realize what all was going to take place. But we do now. We know what's happened and we know what's coming in the future. And so we have a great task ahead of us. In fact, it is our obligation and great privilege to tell others about Him. Psalm 66 and verse 16, Come and hear all ye that fear God, and I will declare what He hath done for my soul. You've called on Christ as Savior. You know what He's done for your soul. Declare it to all those that either fear Him or need to fear Him. We finish off today. We ask, where does the story end? We know that for the shepherds, it didn't end once they saw the babe in the manger. They went on to tell everyone they came across what they saw. Not only what they saw in the manger, but the message of the Lord, the, the angels, the hosts praising God. Where does it end for us? Christmas and this idea of Christmas doesn't end on midnight on December 25th. For some people, maybe that's when they start packing up the decorations and stuff. I don't know. but What began at Bethlehem continued on and reached a new climax 33 years later is the gospel that Jesus proclaimed during those years and confirmed with His death and resurrection is the message that we are to go and share. It is what, as I said, the, the title, Go and Tell It on the Mountains, and uh, the, the last, or the, the chorus of that song, the refrain is, Go tell it on the mountains, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountains that Jesus Christ is born. That's what the shepherds did. They went everywhere, all around, at least, at least on the way back to their sheep. We are to go and tell, the Bible says, to the uttermost parts of the earth. Not only that He is born, but that He was crucified and risen and coming again. Go in prayer. Lord, I do thank You again for Your goodness. and Thank You for this time for Your Word. And Lord, the challenge we see in it, Lord, that we would be faithful messengers. Lord, that we wouldn't let our fear, our worries deter us from the task You've given us, but that we would be faithful in what you've called us to do. Lord, we do thank you for your goodness. We thank you for sending Christ, the Messiah, for us. Lord, and that the story doesn't end with a babe being born in a manger. 
but that He died as a propitiation for our sins, and that following that, that He rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures, that we might be redeemed unto You. We thank You for that, and help us to be faithful to share that message in this season. We ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen.